the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Tonight, we bring you part four in our brand new series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been maligned, attacked, denied, eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. Question, why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine? particularly in our churches, and what can we do to disciple people in this essential area? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed and encouraged and touched by the program tonight. So we want you to get your pens and your papers and uh, sit by your desk to write down these vital points regarding the heart of the Bible, which is the Trinity. And uh, you're getting ready to go to Bible school over the airwaves regarding the Trinity. This is one of the most misunderstood doctrines in the Christian church and in the world today. Uh, there are so many people biblically illiterate regarding who God is in terms of his nature, essence, and being. And last time I talked about the Trinity in regards to God being one God. The Bible teaches that the God of the Bible is one God. He's not one God like the Pentecostal oneness saying, and saying that uh, God took on uh, different roles and wore different masks. The Father took on the mass of the, Jesus actually took on the mass of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, but it's Jesus only. Uh, that's not what the Bible teaches regarding the one God. The one God is one God in three eternal distinct persons. You remember I gave you the definition a couple of weeks ago, and this is one of the best definitions I've ever heard. And it is within the nature of the one true God, there are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are co-equal, co-eternal, 
and coexistence. That is the Trinity in a nutshell. And that's something that we can apprehend, but we cannot comprehend. Now, we are basing a lot of this truth upon not only the Bible, but also the book that I wrote on the if proposition supporting the Trinity. And we learned from Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And we know that that's what the Bible teaches. And I gave you some Hebrew words last week, akkad, and that refers to one God in numeric, and meaning that he's one, but he's uh, more than just one in terms of persons. And just like in a marriage, the Bible talks about how the two no longer are two, but they're one. So we know that akkad, the word yakid is never used regarding God and uh, solidarity and oneness only. That's something that was invented by the enemy to try to confuse the people. But we are here tonight to take fusion out of confusion. And we said last time that Deuteronomy 4 and verse 35, God makes it very clear through the prophet Moses, to you it was shown that you might know that you might know that something with your heart, mind, spirit, and soul, that you might know that the Lord himself is God. And there is none other besides him. Now, that excludes every other religion, every other cult, every other so-called claiming truth. God says he exclusively is the only God and that there is no other God besides him. Now, that's something that we need to preach and teach. You know, and the Bible has evidence. It has evidence all over the place. And you don't find that in other religions. You don't find that even in cults. They don't have no evidence. And even the Mormons talk about, you know, how they got the Book of Mormon. And yet there's no evidence with the Book of Mormon, but plagiarism. Uh, taken from Solomon Spaulding's. He was a fictional writer, and they stole everything from a museum from that man who was a preacher, but they took all of his fictional writings and put it in the Book of Mormon. My friend, you just cannot get around the God of the Bible because he has all this evidence archaeologically, prophetically, historically, in manuscripts, statistically, you know, with all the different writers of the Bible who, who uh, was willing to die for truth's sake, you don't die for a lie. You need to read the Fox's Book of Martyr. Get that book and read it. it. Tells you about the brutality of what the early church Christians went through for the cause of this one true God. Now, I'm going to spend some time tonight just elaborating upon Isaiah 43 and 10. Isaiah 43 and 10, get your Bibles and look at what the Word of God has to say. This is not Buckner, this is the Bible. And uh, it says here in Isaiah 43 and 10, you are my witnesses. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of the accuracy of the true God and the miracles and the truth and everything that he had revealed to them. Uh, you don't hear no other book in history 
uh, other than the Bible, where God did all those miracles with the children of Israel and with the apostles and all of that, what other book can compete with that? And what other book that can compete with he came back from the dead and then raised people from the dead? Uh, now, if you are serving a dead savior, so-called savior, you need to repent of that. You need to turn to the real God because he said, there's no other God but besides me. Now, you are my witnesses. Witnesses of what? What I just said. And witnesses to go and tell others. And we are called to be witnesses today. Matthew chapter 28. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. Now, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know, believe me, and understand, I am he. Now, these are some strong words here. Know, believe, and understand. God is saying, am I clear enough? I am he. That's the divine name for God. His name was so holy that they had the consonants, but they didn't have the vowels. And the closest thing that they could come up with was, was uh, the eternal I am, the ego in me. When Moses said, when I go before the children of Israel, they shall ask of me, what is his name? What shall I say? God said, I am that I am. And that's why those religious leaders got so mad with Jesus in uh, John 8, when he said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was quoting from the Septuagint, the Old Testament translated Greek, saying that I was the one that spoke out of that burning bush. And that's why they took up stones to stone him. And the Jews were the first to start a rock concert. Every time Jesus claimed to be God, they wanted to rock his world. He says, then he says, before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Now look at that carefully. Before me, there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. Now, there are religions today that want to say that there are multitudes of gods, and there, are, or they say that you can become a god. Now, that's a lie of the enemy. And the first religion that taught that was Satan in the Garden of Eden. He told Eve, you eat of this fruit and you will become as gods, knowing good and evil. And Satan has been having people to bite that satanic sandwich ever since, my friend. Where did this first concept come from that man thinks that he can become a god in the garden of eden in genesis chapter three and people have been biting that sandwich ever since that satanic sandwich that's what uh polytheism is all about it's the belief in many gods po notice all of these theism polytheism belief in many gods hinduism believe in many gods mormonism believe in many gods new ageism believe in many gods, word faithism, even the word faith teachers, prosperity teachers teach. I got excerpts of them saying it. You can become little gods. That's what they teach in the word faith teaching. Teaching, You can become little gods. That came right from the pit of hell in the Garden of Eden from Satan. Black Muslims teach that through the tribe of Shabazz, you can become a black god. So this is a lie of the enemy. Jim Jones used to say, I'm God. This on and on and on. People have been buying into this trap of the enemy. But what does God say? Before me there was no there before me there was no God, 
form, nor shall there be after me. No, God is the only God, and he says, I alone am he. So there's other people. Now listen to this and make a note of this. Isaiah 43 and 10 also debunks and destroys infinite regression. You say, what does what is that, Dr. Buckner? Well, let me tell you what it is. Infinite regression is a, a is a philosophical term that was taught early in history, where some people believed that there were there was one God that created another God, and you go back, you go back, you go back, infinite regression. That means you're going back, back, back uh, to no end. So this is something that Mormonism started teaching. They teach a mother God that and a father God had a relationship, and they uh, started having children gods and those gods. And so in Mormonism, they go back, 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 back. Infinite regression is that same teaching. So when you hear the word infinite regression, that is what it is. You go back to one God and then go back to another God that created that God and another God, another God. It's kind of like my mentor, Dr. Walton Martin, one time said they had these people in court one day and uh, they were upset and they were saying, you know, uh, judge, they were upset with the judge. And they said, judge, you can't treat us this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to another judge. <laughs> that judge said, it's a waste of time. You're, you're under my jurisdiction. And what I say, you know, you're gonna, it's, it's going to come to pass. I'm going to put you away. And that's the way God is. Everything stops with the God of the Bible. There's no such thing as infinite regression. There's an infinite God, but nothing such as infinite regression. You know, so that's a, another lie of the enemy. Now, Isaiah 44 and 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. God is making it clear. The book of Isaiah, right? Make a note of this. It's the Old Testament gospel uh, of John. I mean, he really lays out the deity of Christ. Isaiah 44 and 6. I am the first, I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. And Jesus said the same thing regarding himself. I am the first and I am the last. In Revelation 1, 17, 2, 8, Revelation 22 and 13, it's either you have two firsts and two lasts, which is, you know, illogical redundancy and linguistic insanity, or you're dealing with one first and one last. And that's what you're dealing with when it comes to the Bible. Now, uh, let me say this, and then I'm going to close on this because I need to uh, bring this point out that because it's very important now. Uh, Isaiah 46 and 9, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, none like me. So he tells the readers to recall the fact that uh, there's nobody else like me in Zechariah 14 and 9, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth, and that day it shall be. The Lord is one, and this is his name. Now, the Bible teaches in monotheism, monotheism, one God, and it rejects polytheism, more than one God. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm bring this home, that uh, the 
when you talk about the Muslim religion, they say, well, we believe in one God too. But if you go back early in the history of of the uh, you know Muslim religion, and you go all the way back to Medina, they taught that Allah had three daughters, and the three daughters were all gods. So they started off believing in polytheism. Now I'm gonna say one more word, and I'm gonna close. You ever heard of this word? Henotheism, H-E-N-O-T-H-E-I-S-M, henotheism. This is the belief in many gods, but you are only accountable to one God or worship one God. Now, I'm going to say this. If you've been serving any other God other than the God of the Bible, my challenge to you right now is that you confess your sins and you repent right now and you turn to the one and only true living God. Jesus made it very clear in John 8 and 24, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. For where I'm going, you cannot come. You don't want to die in your sins, rejecting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, an expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And you know, if you if you have questions or comments for us, this is the perfect opportunity for you to get those questions answered and make your comments about tonight's program. And if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So we want to encourage you. This is the opportunity. Now's the time to call and get your questions answered. And also, we want to take this moment to thank everybody who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. We know that some of you have been with us since day one, and we appreciate that. Uh, Your prayers have made the difference over these many, many years of being on the air. And also, we want to thank those of you who have uh, partnered with us financially. You know, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank God for you who are always being consistent and stepping up to the plate and hitting a home run financially for this ministry. Because without you and without your prayers, nothing would go on. So we thank you. We appreciate you. And we ask that you continue to to pray for this ministry and continue to give. It does cost us 400 a week to remain on the air. And we praise God that we're caught up. We want to stay caught up and we want to be in the black. So we need you to continuously pray and to be consistent in your giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, one, write a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. You can go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And we just want to let you know that, uh, well, as we are rounding the curve to that 
fateful day every year where all the turkeys on the planet get really nervous. <laughs> and, and so we're rounding the curve toward Thanksgiving. And next weekend, we're going to take the weekend off to be with our family. And so we'll have the best of contending for the faith. We'll have a pre-recorded message. So listen in, but you won't be able to call in. And continue to pray and continue to give. Even though we're not live, we still have to pay for that airtime. So we need you to be consistent in all of these wonderful areas to keep this program on the air. So next week, we won't be live, but we will be on the air with a special Thanksgiving message that you won't want to miss. So tune in and uh, take notes. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements. We really appreciate that. And, uh, we're going to get right to our callers because it looks like this lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh, yes, it is. It's not even Christmas yet. <laughs> All right. So we go to CC on line one. Are you there, CC? Hello, CC. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. How you doing? Wake up now. Right, Come how on. You, how you doing? <laughs> right. we're, we're truly, truly <laughs> blessed. And um, how did the message speak to you tonight? It spoke to me in a lot of ways. You see, you said you you you, you hit on so many um, different points, and I like. I mean, I'm, it's so many points you hit on, but I like when you said how the Bible can't compare to any books. And then when you mentioned that Jesus Christ, Christ rose from the dead, and that He rose people from the dead, and <laughs> hey, nobody in history has ever done that, and so that cannot be refuted, you know. And it was. And I just like how you brought everything out. And I, I was, I, I had never heard of that infinite regression. I knew I, I, I studied, you know, on the Mormons. And I knew they taught, you know, the things that you were talking about, but I never heard of that doctrine and realized that that's where they had got that from. Oh, good. Very good. I'm glad to be able to give some additional insight in the Lord and uh, appreciate the feedback. And uh, what's on your heart tonight? You have a question? Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, um, can you get um, what's, what's your intake on um, the doctrine of legalism? <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and you're speaking of legalism from the Chinese perspective, um, or, just, or just legalism in general. Legalism from the uh, actually from the Jews' perspective. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, let me just say this. Uh, legalism from the Jews' perspective was something that uh, not even uh, in the Old Testament uh, was instituted. I mean, when God gave the law, uh, he gave a law uh, where people were to abide by the law, but uh, not in a legalistic way. And so what happened was later on, you had the Pharisees that came along and they started adding to the law and made it legalistic where they got to the point where uh, they had added um, over 600 and something laws and uh, to uh, what was established by God. And they, they just kept adding and adding. And that's why Jesus said on one occasion, your traditions has made the, the, the word of God to no effect because they were uh, adding so much to it uh, 
that they were killing it and choking uh, the word of God. And so legalism is a deadly thing that led a lot of people away. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is, is, is writing. Uh, he's making it very clear that the old covenant is obsolete, that it, uh, it's, it's not under, we're not under the old covenant. We're under a new covenant that God has given. And then when you look at Hebrews chapter six, uh, he talks about it's impossible to renew them back to salvation when they end up going uh, into the law and legalism again, because uh, the, the, you know, Paul says, cursed be everyone that lives under the law. And so uh, we are under grace now. We are not under the law. We're under grace and we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ through grace. And that's why he, you know, Paul makes it clear in Ephesians, uh, you know, 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the law was trying to bombard the people with uh, uh, killing them with uh, a whole bunch of law stuff. And one of the reasons why Jesus gave them uh, Matthew 28, uh, Matthew 11, rather, and 28 and 29, was he said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said that because he realized that the people was bombarded by law and the keeping of the law and thinking that that's going to make a person get saved. But what it does is turns a person away from uh, God and his grace and what he's done. So that's legalism to its core. And uh, legalism is something that Satan has used to lead a lot of people away from God. And we see a lot of legalism even today, not only with the Pharisees, but we see a lot of legalism in many of our churches today where they emphasize works and then uh, cults emphasize works and uh, and you got to do this and do that in order to be saved and so it's just something that we got to guard ourselves against and realize that uh, as Martin Luther Martin Luther the great reformation father once said we're not saved by works but we're saved by a faith that works and so God wants us to uh, manifest works but works that follow grace is not works that follow our goodness because uh, none doeth good, only God. And the only thing that we do good is when we do that, which is good for Christ in his grace. So hopefully that helps out. I've just tried to broaden that out a little bit uh, from the perspective of something going all the way back in the Old Testament and how many of the Pharisees started changing it and just got to the point where they over bombarded the people with a whole bunch of rules and regulations that let the people away from the word of God. And that's why Jesus made it very clear, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they that testify of me. And that he said, you know, uh, the law and everything has literally choked the word of God. So anyway, hopefully that helps out.
that that's a lot. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Uh, you just uh, encourage the people to stick with the fact that it's grace in the beginning, grace in the middle, grace in the end. And when we start to put in this thing of works, it's going to lead us right away. And every cult today is legalistic. And then some of our churches are more into the work of the church than the work of Christ. And, and I'm not just bringing it to the level of, 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 of cults. But uh, the works in the church is like going to a restaurant. And if you're not careful, you can get so filled up on the delicacies that when the main course meal come, you don't have any room for anything else. And we got a lot of people that way, and even our church, they're working themselves to death. And it's grace is the issue. So legalism could, can be in uh, cults, and it's going to be in religious or institutions, and it could be also even in our churches. Anyway, do you have any prayer requests? Uh, yeah, if you could just go ahead and um, just pray for my family again, my mom, pray for me, and just lift, just lift up those who are in the entertainment business. Entertainment business. Okay, well, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you for blessing our brother CC. We pray that you continue to watch over his mother and family, Lord God. Protect them. Protect him, Lord God. We pray for those who are involved in the entertainment world we pray that you would continue to raise up uh people like chris uh pratt lord god that you would just continue to uh, allow him to have that platform as a christian to bear witness we pray that others would rise up as well lord god that they would come to a saving knowledge of you we pray lord god that you would bring people in their path lord god to bear witness of the truth and that they would be responsive to it lord god we thank you. We praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And thank you, uh, Brother Cece. Appreciate your call. And uh, keep us in prayer. We'll do likewise. And have a nice Thanksgiving. You too. You too. Thank you. All right. Guys. We have enough time, Gary, for... Well, we have about less than a minute. So why don't we go to our commercial break and come back and get a fresh start with our callers. Okay. So we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. And once again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry and all of you who have partnered with us financially to continue to keep this ministry going. It is so vital that we have your prayers and this is a listener-supported ministry, and we need that support to continue to do the work that God has called us to do, to be a blessing for time and eternity. And we want to include you in that process as well, through your prayers and through your financial giving. There's two ways that you can donate. You can uh, write a check or money order and send it to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box uh, 553. Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon, California, Tiburon spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier, just go online to contendingfaith.org. Contendingfaith.org, 
and click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, once again, we want to remind everybody that next week we will not be live, but we will have a pre-recorded message, a special Thanksgiving message. Um, so you can call, you can't call in, but you can listen in. So we want to encourage you get your pencil and paper, just like you normally do take copious notes because you will learn and be blessed, but you won't be able to call in, but you can listen in. So we want to encourage you. Keep praying and keep giving because we need to keep praying. Uh, the prayers are going forward, and we also need to continue to, to pay for the, the airway costs, so we need both. Once again, next week, we won't be live, but we will have the best of contending for the faith. So let's get back to our callers, Dr. Buckner. Oh, let's do that. Sounds like a good plan. Brother Rick, are you there? Brother Rick, are you there? Going one, two, <laughs> three. Right. Let's go to Sophia on line three. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you so much. I have a question because um, I was watching this horrible documentary on this guy, Jim Jones. I've never heard of it, Guyana, Guyana, somewhere. And he's like sleeping with the young girls and he's working them. I mean, you, you, but the people believed he was. So my coworker said to me, because the people, and they all committed suicide because, well, I don't know if you call it suicide, but they gave him something to drink. They all died. If they believe he was God, then number one, is it really suicide? And number two, she said they're going to go to heaven because as long as you think someone's God, then you're on the right track and you didn't really kill yourself because you thought it was God's will. They're going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, I tried to explain there's only, it doesn't matter what you think, it's what the Word says, there's only one God. And I told about the Trinity and everything, but there's no way that these people who, if you're misled and you belong to a cult, that you can just say, oh, well, but I thought he was God. I thought they were talking about God, so I'm okay. That's that's insane, right? Well, it is, and what you said uh, was true. Uh, back in uh, 78 uh, was around the time that Jim Jones went to Guyana uh -huh. uh, before 916 people uh, uh. got uh, destroyed uh, uh. with the, the poisonous uh, uh, Kool-Aid that they gave them all. Uh, no doubt about it, Jim Jones was a cult leader. Uh, he was a false uh, teacher, uh -huh. and he was... Uh, pastoring a, a, a Christian church known as the Disciples of Christ, but oh he was a cult but he was a cult leader within a Christian organization. <gasps> and I was a missionary in San Francisco uh, at the time and I was warning pastors about Jim Jones and said that this man is claiming to be God. Oh. Uh, he's a false teacher. y'all don't need to listen to him but at the time, he had so many people duped because he was uh, beating the people and giving them jobs and doing all these external stuff that he duped uh, not only uh, Jimmy uh, Carter, who was the president at the time, but he duped, uh, you know, Willie Brown, the mayor, and wow. duped a lot of uh, churches. And, and primarily what broke my heart the most was mo most of the people in his church were because even though it was mixed church, it was predominantly a lot of blacks, mm -hmm. but they were biblically illiterate and oh, they weren't no. discipled and trained. 
so uh, there was a massive suicide situation uh, that ah. he instructed the people because the government was coming to get him, especially after him uh, killing several people, uh, prominent people, when they were getting ready to fly back to the United States on from small planes out of the area. But uh, Jim Jones um, was, died in his sins as a cult leader. The people that followed him, believing that he was God, uh, were lost as well. The uh -huh. only thing I think that God showed a lot of grace towards was the children there that uh, was underage and didn't know no better and, uh -huh. and doing what their parents instructed. I think God's going to have a lot of mercy upon those little children and the babies there. And Jim Jones was such a coward that uh, at the end, you know, he got shot in the head. But uh, this is the result of uh, the consequences of following a cult leader, uh, you know. And if you don't die like Jim Jones did and took take so many people under, look at all these people following Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and oh. Christian scientists and uh, all these other cults today, uh, Scientology and following uh, word, faith, teaching, all that. You know what the thing about it is? You know you, uh, you're still going to die and go to hell if you don't repent of these things and come to worship the only true God. And anything, anybody that worship anything other than God or the Bible, uh, is the Bible calls that idolatry. And there were two things that always brought the swift judgment of God uh -huh. upon a nation, upon Israel, was when they started worshiping other gods and, and they sound alike, idolatry and immorality. Those two things always brought the swift judgment of God upon uh, the Israel, and it's, and he does the same thing today. We got to repent and turn back to God. But Jim Jones, uh, you know, was the typical example of cult leaders leading a lot of people astray, and yet you got the same thing going on today uh, in our world. Uh, you know, we got cult leaders still duping and manipulating and leading people the wrong way. So I think we need to understand that and uh, come to grips with that. Oh, well, so, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's so scary because you do, you have celebrities, who I don't know who they are, but Tom Cruise, uh, is he the Scientologist or the other one? Uh, I can't think of his name, the other actor. But John um, Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta. I mean, you know, and, and, and it's so acceptable by so many people. They don't see it's, an, it's, it's, it's a road to hell. And so I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe that the, a president of the United States said, Willie Brown, uh, did they apologize after and say, oh, my God, we were fooled? No, they, they, didn't, they didn't apologize. Not at all. And, and that's the thing that uh, what Satan always does. He, he fools not only uh, sometimes even ministers but, and pastors, but he fools also political leaders and uh and the psychological world and all the other stuff. So we got to know the word of God and we got to know, be discipled and we got to be, uh, you know, trained in the basic fundamentals of the Christian faith, the essentials of the historic Christian faith. And that's why I'm teaching on the Trinity right now, because when you know this and you, and you've been discipled in it, 
There's no way you're going to be fooled by uh -huh. the counterfeit. It's only people that don't know the original that get duped by the counterfeit. And Jim Jones is a counterfeit because the people that joined him and hooked up with him, he was not only a false teacher uh, and a, a person who uh, was claiming to be God, but he was uh, taking advantage of the, he was an adulterous and he was also a homosexual. Ah. Yeah, he was, he was all of that. And, and that, that's very, that's very clear. Well, thank you so much. It, it's hard to believe that we just have to stick with the word. And I, I have, I did tell my Christian scientist friend, I told her the story about the going out in traffic that you told. That was so funny. But I think I'm getting through to her. So I am so grateful yeah. to you for your teachings. And God bless yeah. you both. And get the book on the kingdom of the cults because, and I would give her that book for Christmas because it has a whole section on the Christian science and all the cults and the one that wrote that book was my mentor, Dr. Walter Martin. So get that book and give it to her as a Christmas gift. Okay. God bless you both. God bless right. you. Thank, God you. Bless Thank you. you so much. All right. All right. Gary, by the, way, by the way, Gary, before we get to our next caller, a daughter, Erica, called and said uh, Delaney is trying to get through. She had knee, uh, knee surgery, so she's uh, hoping to get through for prayer. So hopefully we can get her connected. Yeah, and, and prayer for her and her family. Uh, do you, uh, who, who's the next caller we have? This Victoria. Victoria, how you doing? Hi. Um, I wanted to ask a question about, um, and where's this location? I heard something where it said um, women to be quiet in the church and to ask husbands uh, questions at home. Can you tell me where that's at and, and the true meaning of that, or is it just as it sounds? Well, there are several passages uh, on this. You want to look at uh, 1 Timothy 2 and uh, verse 12, where it says uh, in 1 Timothy 2 and 12 um, that, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. That's the first one. Then the second one is First uh, First Corinthians fourteen, and First Corinthians fourteen verses thirty four through thirty five, where it says the woman should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be submissive, as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their husband at home what isn't proper for a woman to speak in the church. And then 1 Corinthians 11 and 5, women, are, women were praying and prophesying. Now, this, this can be misunderstood, and let me just kind of uh, break it down to you how it's misunderstood, because we got to look at everything in the context. Um, Paul is not saying that a woman cannot say anything in the church at all. Uh, because when you look at First uh, Corinthians 11 and verse 5, uh, the women were praying and prophesying in the church. So what does he mean when he says that they are to be silent? What had happened was in the cultural day of the day, uh, some of the women were angry over some of the things that were going on in the, the church of Ephesus, and uh, some of them started talking and, and, and conversating in the church, and in that time, in the cultural time, 
when they had issues, uh, they had a setup for the women to go home and talk to their husband so that there would not be confusion and, and keep structural uh, quietness through the spirit in the church. So they were uh, getting loud and uh, upset over a lot of things that was going on and was disrupting the service. And that's what Paul is talking about. He's not saying that a woman could not talk or prophesy because he did, he, he, they, they were praying and prophesying in 1 Corinthians 11 and 5. So everything has to be given in the context. And a text taken, oratory one time said, a text taken out of his context becomes a pretext for error. So uh, we got to look at everything in context. But did you get those scriptures? Yes, I, I wrote it down. Thank you very much. Um, you got I, it. You got it. And is this your first time uh, listening to Contending for the Faith? Um, I may have called long, long time ago. So I'll say, yeah, since I don't remember. Um, well, we're so glad that you uh, tuned in and called in with a good question and Study those scriptures and uh, call us again if you have anything else on your heart. We are here for uh, the Bay Area and beyond, and we hope that we've uh, given you some good service and, and have a blessed Thanksgiving. Thank you, and the same with everyone in your families. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bless you. All right, Brother Gary, do we have any more callers? No, but we have time to pray for Delaney. Yeah, let's pray for Delaney and uh, her family. Uh, she mm -hmm. had surgery. That's my grand granddaughter, and she wants uh, the for the pray for the family as well. So let's we have a little time to do that, brother Gary. Yes, yes. So Lord, we just lift up Delaney, and we pray for her speedily recovery, Lord God, from this knee surgery. We pray, Lord God, that her knee and leg would be better than new, Lord God. That you would just supernaturally touch that part of her body and and bring healing and life and restoration and wholeness. We pray for the entire family and the struggles that they're dealing with. We pray, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in their home. We pray that you keep them safe and blessed over this Thanksgiving holiday, Lord God. You are so faithful, and we just thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And we pray that you continue to bless their family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Right. Like we are almost at that time, right? Yeah, we're getting very close. And, and we want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and we trust that you will uh, uh, have a wonderful time with your family. Be safe and uh, protective, especially with this COVID. But at the same time, enjoy yourself, have a good time, and just don't overdose on the turkey. Yes, <laughs> and uh, we we warn you about that L-tryptophan. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, it's a chemical that is produced in a turkey that is one of those things that puts you directly to sleep. So be careful. <laughs> well, it's time for us to, to go. <laughs> We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, 
Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Remember, next week will be a pre-recorded special Thanksgiving message, so we won't be live, but you can still listen in. But we'll be back the following week live, and you'll be able to call in. So remember us, continue to pray, continue to give, and uh, we pray that you'll have a blessed Thanksgiving. I'm Gary Bell, and may God richly bless you.